seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Welcome, friends, to episode 206 of Color of Magic or Magic and Gaming Podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 206 episodes, still got my main man, who will not be joining me in Vegas, unfortunately. Brian Allen, how's it going, dude? Uh, pretty well. How's everything going with you? Man, Vegas prep week has been crazy. <laughs> I've been trying to get extra videos done ahead of time, trying to make sure some special tokens and stuff I was having made got here. I'm like prepping to make sure like stuff is taken care of around the house because like my lady's going to be gone for a couple days while I'm gone. So like it's it's a mess going on right now. <laughs> But it'll be worth it once I get through the weekend. So definitely we'll see what happens. Yeah, before we get into everything, though, let's go ahead and pay some bills and tell you about our sponsor, Cool Stuff, Inc. Great website where you can get all types of stuff, not even just magic stuff. You might be into Pokemon or you want to get some cool board game gifts for people. You can do all that over there on their website and more. Even D&D stuff. And you can save 5% on whatever you pick up. Just use code DRAGON at checkout. And you'll be supporting us here at the show. Also, you can go to patreon.com slash color of magic and you can just drop us a buck or two and help us out. We'll really appreciate it. You can even get a postcard in the mail and all that good stuff. And you can get a shout out just like Dave Lever for being a patron. So thank you, Dave. And as always, you can go to color slash shop and get you a little something with their logos on it. But for now, let's hop into the soapbox. This is a thing, I feel like I've touched on it before, but I want to bring it up again. Because going through the summer convention season and dealing with all these different events and seeing all the complaints from the different guests and hosts of things or whatever, I have to question why conventions don't just give their invited guests the best package level of whatever it is they offer. Now, I get it in some cases where if you have a limited item thing and it's a package that somebody pays like, I don't know, three to five hundred dollars for whatever. OK, cool. You don't give them that one. Right. Because you only have a limited number of whatever you can give away. I get that. But why not give them like the tier two thing? If you have something that comes with a special break room or some cool commemorative thing or whatever, make sure they get it like these people are all making your show better. Right. People are coming because some of these people are on panels. People are coming because they're coming and doing demos. They're making your cosplay contest work because they're coming up dressed up, spending money on costumes, and they're they're judging it or whatever, right? These people are doing things that are attractions for your event. So why are they not taken care of at the most basic level? Like, I, I even had people reach out to me for events, and they've offered to just give me a weekend badge. And it's like, but you want me to do all this setup and prep work and everything for you and do specific things while I'm at the show. I'm seeing this around the board at multiple things. Like, I don't know why this is a thing, dude. This should just be like, take care of the people at your events. Like literally you're inviting people in because you believe in their skill, their expertise, their knowledge, whatever it is. And that is going to be a draw for your show. Even if, that person only got 
let's say five to 10 more people to show up because they were on your thing, they still made you a big chunk of money and you can't even hook them up with just like a basic gift bag or something. Like that just seems so rude. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, come on, these people are helping you draw bodies. Like, why is this not a thing? This should just be standardized across the board. And don't be wrong, some of it is probably read pop because they run a lot of events. I mean, it's probably a lot to do with them, but there's other things that aren't run by read pop that they don't take care of their people either. And I just don't get it. And I'll tell you for real, when I when I did work for Cool Stuff Inc., dog, they spoiled me. Like they got it right across the board. Like we we went out for dinner one night that they were paying for, by the way. But there was a bunch of us going. So I'm like, cool, I'll just get a second Uber and we'll just ride in the second car. Right. And it wasn't like it was far away. The Uber was going to be like twelve dollars or something. But I'm like, that's the least I can do if they're paying for everything else. And they were even adamant, oh, man, send us the receipts so we can make sure you're paid back. We don't want you to have to pay for anything. I'm like, dude, like total is going to be like 20 bucks. I'm good. And they're like, no, 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 just make sure you send it to I'm like, you know what? I feel appreciated, loved, and wanted right now. <laughs> I literally had that thought of like, they are taking such good care of me that I'm like, damn, man. Like, I don't even know what to do with myself right now. But that's how people should feel, right? If they're there helping make your event an attraction and drawing people in and hell, you're promoting them online, leading up to their shows and all this stuff, that's the least they should do for you. Like whatever they spend on you, they easily have made that back because you're there. And if they didn't, they probably shouldn't have been inviting you to the show unless they're just trying to be nice. But you know what I mean, right? If you're worth your salt, you're drawing money for them. So yeah, I don't know. It's something... Like I said, I brought up a personal thing for me about this about a month ago, but now that I'm seeing it just happen at even more shows with more creators and stuff and seeing people post about it, I'm like, this, this sucks. Like, and this isn't even, and it's not even like a big cost out of pocket because a lot of these shows end up with leftover gift bags and supplies and whatever anyway, because they'll have people donate or they'll purchase, you know, let's say 5,000 of a thing to go in these bags. And then they only get like, 4,500 people or whatever anyway. So you had stuff left over. You could just give away anyway. You just chose not to or didn't budget for it because you didn't have to. And that's the reality to a lot of things, sadly, with a bunch of businesses. is If you don't have to do it, then let's just not do it and save the money. But in this case, because I've seen behind the scenes a lot of events, the money's already mostly been spent. So you might as well make your people feel good. And the other reality is, too, and I can tell you from my own personal situation is that anytime there's a weekend where multiple things are happening that I could do, the one that took care of me previously is the one I'm going to choose every single time. Like, hands down. Like, I'll tell you right now, if there's a command fest scheduled the same weekend as one with cool stuff next year and cool stuff is like, hey, we want you to come out. And the other people are like, hey, we want you to come out. I'm like, not even a question where I'd be in a heartbeat. <laughs> like so i don't know i it just just doesn't seem worth it but anyway that's my rant i'm done i'm gonna pass this thing over all right really weird uh kentucky fried chicken commercial making the rounds up 
Uh, those of you that watch football, you've probably seen where it's it, 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 even before COVID, this kind of cringed me out when quarterbacks did it. Now, at post COVID, yet yeah, really is he. You know how a lot of quarterbacks lick their fingers before they pick up the football. It's like, yeah, that's already, as I said, post-COVID, extremely frightening. But, yeah, they have a commercial kind of humorously attended to explain why Kirk Cousins, uh, the Minnesota Vikings quarterback, does this. And he basically explains that the flavor from the from the KFC chicken motivates his wide receivers because it's, ha-ha, finger-licking good. Like, bruh. Kirk Cousins' wide receivers, like the wide receivers on a large portion of the NFL teams, are black. How this commercial got approved, I, I again can only assume there were zero black people in the writer's room when they came up with this. Because otherwise, somebody would have said, hey, maybe, no, no maybe you shouldn't. Because the KFC's gotten in trouble for this kind of ad before. If you remember the whole campaign they had where I think it was some kind of weird, uh, boneless wing concoction they had in the, the ad campaign until people said what the heck are you doing i ate the bones and he would have you know largely black people sitting there eating the thing oh where's the bone i ate the bone it was as terrible as you you can imagine it was yes yeah, so i can't believe this has happened again but somehow it has <laughs> i don't know what's going on over there dude like my problem with that is the whole thing is just a mess like Let's get rid of even the the racial undertones of the whole thing. Like, are you saying your chicken's so greasy that it lingers on his hand all the way into the football game and then he's licking off the grease while he's playing? So many problems. And then the scene in the commercial is weirdly like him sitting in like a, a den or a study doing an interview across from this, this black woman in his other chair. And then toward the end of it, he just picks up a bucket of chicken from off camera and starts eating it. Like, why? Like, it's so dumb. I, I can't imagine who. She, was this shown to a focus group? I feel like it can't have been, but that's usually a thing that that they do before they put the, I don't know. I, I just, I have Literally, no idea how this came about. Like, you could have shot that in a KFC or at his dining table. or it, it, There's like... Just so many other settings that at least take some of the sting off of this terrible presentation. And you just shot it in a way that makes no sense to begin with. And then just has like a weird. I don't even know if you call it an underlying joke or what. <laughs> like just it's a train wreck. Yeah. It's like nothing about it makes sense. And again, this is this is not the, the first time they've stepped in. This has happened with multiple companies. Multiple, I mean, remember when Burger King had the horrible Mary J. Blige ad where she's singing about the, the crispy chicken and the lettuce and they had to abandon that campaign almost immediately because Black America is like, what the hell? If I remember, right, Mary J. Blige got paid big for that too. Oh, well, of course she did. So, I mean, she, you know, she, she took her check and left. But yeah, it was just embarrassing for everybody involved, technically including her. I mean, it's the queen of R&B, and that's what you came up with. You know, it's just... I'll tell you this, though. I don't even think they're playing that new KFC commercial because I didn't even immediately see it. Yeah, the first time I saw it was on social media where somebody's going, what the hell is this? And I think I might have seen it, and I watched it, as, as you can imagine, all the NFL this weekend, 
And I think I might have seen it one time in an actual advertising rotation. Whereas opposed, usually when there's a brand new commercial, it's you can't you can't get away from it. Just every commercial break without fail. Anytime progressive or anybody has a new ad, yeah, you'll see it five thousand times in one weekend of football. Dude, speaking of sidetrack here, but man, health and prayers for real to Nick Chubb and his oh leg. Oh my god, yeah, that was you know, and, and kudos to I guess it was uh, ESPN Monday Night Football for not showing that five thousand times they they have done with, with previous terrible injuries. So I honestly want like for sure a top five that I've seen, but that might be top three. Dude, it was dude, real dude. bad. Yeah. I mean, enough that I put on socials like, hey, you're going to hear about this injury today. Don't go look it up if you have a weak stomach. Like, I And I've told people I am being serious. Like, if you have a weak stomach, do not Google search that injury. Because, oh, my God, it was. And the worst part is for him, it's a leg that he tore up when he was in college. Yeah. Almost the same injury. So it's just like he might be done done, which which is sad. Because he was actually really good. From all accounts, from what I hear, like all of his teammates like him, like the locals in the city like him. Just man, just a freak situation. And guy, it was ugly. Yeah. Like people, like you think he's going, like he ain't coming back by the end of the season. He may not play again. Like, oh no, there, there's no way. When they're talking about update, like we we don't even need an update. He, exactly. He was, <laughs> what do you say? Like the dude literally couldn't move his leg. Like, there ain't no way he's coming back for the end of the season. I, I know journalistically you have to give an update, but yeah, it was pretty obvious. That, oh, we knew. As you said, it could be done permanently, let alone this year. Although supposedly Aaron Rodgers thinks he might be coming back this year, but then, you know, Aaron Rodgers also uh, sits in the dark and takes ayahuasca to make important life decisions. I'm Dude, not randomly? Gonna... Wait, wait. Is this a new conspiracy for Monday Night Football? What is this? Well, like, didn't the last four, maybe five? I don't know. I'm thinking back because because we had okay, we had this injury right with Nick Chubb or whatever. We had the Aaron Rodgers thing last week, and then I swear we had something in the last game of the previous game. Somebody else had an injury, and then the one before that wasn't that the 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 Bills injury on Monday night. Oh, oh, I don't remember whether the Bills injury was Monday night or not. I think it was. It. I honestly, we we might be on a streak of like five games in a row on Monday night that somebody's had a bad injury. But I mean, if if you think about it, like every week in football, somebody leaves for the season. Oh, it's sure, just, that's always been a thing. It's just it, I think it gets more publicity because obviously the Aaron Rodgers thing was just bizarre. He had just got there, but yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> almost every week somebody ends up going down for the entire. Oh, season. sure, it's just, but it's not on like the premier televised game. It's not like the Sunday night game on Fox or like the, I think it probably is. It's just, you only notice it when it's somebody, you know, that would be on your fantasy team to go back and look at how many. Cause yeah, if if it's, you know, the third string kickoff returner, they just go to commercial break and it's never discussed again. Cause nobody remembers that guy's name. But yeah, when it's set up and and bring it to the next show. Cause I, now I'm curious. I feel like every game I watch, at least one person goes on that truck and is done for, if not for the season for multiple weeks. It's just, I feel like obviously when it's a superstar, you notice it immediately. (laughs) Oh, I'll I'll do some research. (laughs) Oh man. All right. Let's get into some other stuff here and talk about some interesting things that we learned, because I think there's a couple of things and we're on 
kind of opposite ends on this one this week. So what you got? Yeah, apparently whale, I guess, vomit, for lack of a better term. It's a substance apparently comes from a whale's digestive system called, I believe, amber, ambergris is worth thousands of dollars. And it's just, I was today years old when I learned about this. Apparently it has, it can be used in perfumes. It apparently back in one of the earliest recipes for ice cream was even an ice cream ingredient. If Because apparently when it's, you know, preserved in the proper state, apparently it actually smells good, which I guess is why they use it in perfume and, and, and other things. So yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. Like, isn't that, I'm trying to think, isn't that like, like, I guess the equivalent of like a whale hairball? I guess you could call it something like that, where it just gets stuffed in their digestive tract and then at some point comes out and floats to the top of the ocean and money, money for whoever, I guess, I guess that there would always have to be people that go around and this is what they do is they, they, they fish for the whale <laughs> digestive leavings. What a fun job that must be. And of course, it's coming in, and people are coming under fire because there are already many whales that are endangered and so many things that human beings you know, are basically hunting and harassing whales for. And this, of course, is another one. So, yeah. Man, could you imagine just like hanging out on a kayak or whatever? And you're like, what's this big dumb rock? I guess I'll just hang on to this. And somebody's like, oh, yeah, that's worth like one and a half million dollars or whatever. That apparently has happened to a couple of people where they find this had no idea what it was. And, oh, wow, this is worth this hunk is worth five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's got to be crazy. (laughs) That's such a wild thing. Yep, man, it's 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 nuts. But, hey, there's a lot of weird stuff in the water, man. The, The ocean's big. All right. So one of the things and this almost comes up to be a little bit of a second little soapbox feature here, but in my preparation for Vegas, I've been talking to a lot of other creators and a bunch of people are bringing different things like inkling customs, I think makes these little packs of cards. that has like some custom art stuff in them. I think peachy pop has a bunch of little stickers. She has made just a bunch of different people are just making things to bring in giveaway marketing basically. And I kind of wanted to use this as a thing to remind people that, Whatever show you go to, if you're going to these different tables or booths or whatever, if you're not interested in the people, don't take things just because they're free. Like, you are literally wasting somebody else's money. Because I can tell you, I've had stuff made for the, for this show this weekend. I spent around $200. And... It sucks because I have to spend more than I want to spend because I know some amount of them are going to get taken by people who have zero interest in me, the podcast, my YouTube stuff. Like they're just going to take it because it's free on a table and they can take one. And that's terrible to know that. Like I fortunately am able at least like I budget for that, but some people barely have enough to make all this happen but they're doing what they can to try to get their name out there. And you're taking a thing that could be helping them reach more people. So please be cognizant and aware of what you're doing when you're taking something. Like we were talking about it before the show. 
I feel bad taking somebody's business card, but I'm not even interested. But they've already presented it to me, so I can't just be rude and just like exactly. You know what I mean? I can't just be like, nah, dog, I'm straight. Uh, no, 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 I never want to hear from you. I never want any interaction with you ever again, even though there are so many yeah. instances when you feel that way. So I take it to be professional, but even in those scenarios, I end up coming home with a stack of stuff, whether it's business cards, brochures, whatever, that I'm just gonna throw away. And I feel bad every time because I know people spent real time mm. and money paid some artist or designer to put stuff together or whatever. And it's like, it's even worse if people are just taking it for free, knowing they're not going to use it. Right. Just swiping it off your table. And as you mentioned up from the other end for people that are, that are at least giving business cards, pitching projects, pitching stories. I mean, I had somebody send me this big, long thing of of video game, not even video game stats, like video game kind of industry stats way way inside baseball and like, yeah you know once you dig through it it's kind of mild and everything like oh so can i expect to see that covered on on gamertail like oh god no <laughs> like if you and i didn't say it that way but just like you know look at the look at the the, the content creator you're pitching it to like it, it looks like nothing else on the site which no yeah that's another thing too you got to know who you're talking to and who your target yeah, audience is if, if you're doing like charts and pie graphs and you expect somebody to put this in between, hey, this is when Super Mario comes out and here's Metal Gear DLC. No, that, that doesn't make any sense for the site. And yeah, and I'll, and I'll say this, like Magic covers a large swath of interest in players and whatever. So everybody's trying to come up with stuff that works specifically for their audience. So even less so, like if you come over and you're taking stuff from, I don't know, a cosplayer, when you have no interest in that or following them or whatever, why? Right? Just leave that for the people that are fans or the people that, you know, need to go to their website to learn cosplay tips or whatever it is. Right? If you happen to only play arena, well, why are you coming over and taking stuff off my booth where I've got tokens and stuff for people to use for commander games? Right. Like it just doesn't make sense. Just you don't have to take things just because they're free. Those cost real money. And while you may think they're cheap, when you put together like the time it takes to design it, come up with a concept, to talk with an artist, pay the artist to do it, then your printing costs. And then in some cases, shipping costs, depending on what they have to carry or paying for an extra bag at the airport, because those things are damn near depending on your airline could be up to $50 now for each extra bag. Like there's real money being invested to make and produce these things that are being given away. So just keep that in mind, please. When you're going to these shows, but let's get into some other news. Brian, did you know that magic arena has been around five years already? And at first, like, no, that can't be right. But then, yeah, I, I guess that, that does. Now I think about it, sound right. Yeah, I think you've been thinking about That's it. wild. Like, COVID has really messed up <laughs> yeah. like, awareness of time. Because 2020 by itself is three years long. It feels like it. So, yeah, we're, we're in the fifth year now, or going into the fifth year of, of Arena. And Wizards of the Coast is doing a promotion on Magic Arena from the 20th to the 27th, so a full week. You log in, you'll get a cool like card style or something extra for your account just to celebrate the fifth anniversary, which is kind of cool. Like, just hey, five times, five times, yep, five time. right? But here's the problem I have with it 
so far it appears we're not getting like the a list of good cards that got special custom art or whatever for these things or whatever. And that feels to me like if you're only going to do something for seven days, each of those seven things should be really interesting, right? They should be something very colorful, different, or very iconic, or a big card popular and maybe one for each of the formats that are on there or whatever, right? They should have some importance. Otherwise, they're just like random cards that nobody's ever going to see because they're just going to sit in your collection and never get played with. Like, that's weird, first off. The other is, they seem to only be available for one day. Like, the one today said, this is available until the 21st. That's it. So, if you don't get on in this 24-hour window, you can't get this thing. I would much rather have seen this go till, like, the maybe the 29th. So, you have a 48-hour window after the promotion's over to go snag it. Because honestly, somebody might have heard about a thing like there. Let's say the thing on the, the 29th is a, or the, the 25th is a really cool thing. And people are like, oh, that's neat. But they may not even see the social post about it until the 27th or the 28th. So now they go log in and it's like, oh, too bad. Can't get it. Whereas instead, they could have been a really cool promotion to get somebody to hop on and whatever. And now they're excited to have a thing and they go build a deck around it or whatever it is. Because once you spent the resources to build the image that's it there's no other cost you're just the distribution is next to nothing so why not just make more people happy and celebrate the fifth anniversary like i don't understand these type of promotions like even even on on marvel snap if i don't get on that day it's fine like i'll still have the little email in my box i can click on it and get whatever it was for that weekly promotion or whatever we should just have that across the board. I don't understand. This one, this is another one of those things where we're talking about like how they did the promotion where you can go get experience, right? Instead of just saying, hey, just get a thousand gold or promote it as you get a free booster pack, right? The messaging around it could just be better. Same thing here. Like, it's a cool idea. I mean, they, I guess, ha- are, have the, the worst economy in the industry and will continue and just are okay with it, I guess. I don't, and even at that point, I don't even think it's an economy thing. It's just the promotional. Well, yeah, I mean, well, well, like you said, they could have given gold. They, 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 they this was discussed. They didn't flip a coin. They said, we're going to give gold. Nah, give it XP, which, as you said, essentially has no real tangible monetary value. But my problem is XP has to come with an explanation. Whereas if you just say, go play in your store, get a free pack on Arena. Right, Nobody has to be told what a pack is. Same thing with this thing. It's like, hey, we're going to give away cards for a week or whatever. We're going to give away items for a week on Arena. Hop on and get your things. Cool. It shouldn't be, okay, I have to make sure that... Because you know, some people are just busy, right? They, they get up, they go to work, they got to deal with the kids. You're going to a football game or a basketball game, whatever it is this time of year. You know... You get home late, you're taking a shower, you're going to bed. You just didn't get on Arena that day. But you might get on on Friday or Saturday or whatever. And again, that's a choice too because there are really the two schools of thought. There's like you said, the way Marvel Snap does it where if you log in anytime during the promotion, you can get caught up or there's this way. And off the top of my head, I can't think of a game. But I mean, there are other, especially mobile games are notorious for they want you to log in 
every single day because you want you want to generate that fear of, of missing out. So if you don't log in, oops, you just don't get that thing. But even then, they're not going, hey, this is our anniversary thing. Most of the mobile games I put on, it's like, at least if you log in, you're like, okay, Mondays you can get five more gold. And on this day, you can get five more experience or whatever it is, right? And you just get freebies for hopping in. That And hell, honestly, I'd be okay with Arena just having that, to be honest, just to encourage you to get on every day. But yeah, this is another one. I like the idea. I'm cool with celebrating the promotion, you know, the fifth anniversary. Where I think that's all good. But the implementation doesn't get me excited. With that being said, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm wrong and numbers spike up and people do get on every single day to get every single thing. I have no idea. But And if they do, then this is going to be the way that they do it. Yeah, and if they do, it works. I, I just don't think it's going to. Also, I would like there to be a pop-up reminder, too. Because right now, your little, uh, whatever it is, the the envelope icon or whatever they have on the left side now, or right side, I mean, now lights up. So you know you have a message, and then one of the messages will be the thing. But you could miss that if you're just getting on to play or whatever and just not paying Absolutely. attention. And because it's only on for a day, if you didn't remember to click on it, you're SOL. And, like, that sucks. But again, that's the, the school of thought. Like, hey, they want you to just it almost like almost like a crack fiend every day. You're gonna log into this. Don't think about it. Just do it. Push that yeah. button. If that's the case, just give me an extra. I don't know, fifty gold or a hundred XP or whatever, just for logging in every single day. Like that'd be fine. But yeah, I don't know. That one's a tough one. But uh, let's talk about some unforeseen things that are affecting this Vegas trip. So yeah, for those of you that don't know, there was a major hack that happened. I, I was going to say just to Vegas, but really it happened to some major companies in Vegas yeah. that own stuff around the world. Uh, the two biggest that were hit were MGM and Caesars Properties. Now, for those of you that don't know, between them, I believe we counted they own like 15 properties on the Vegas Strip. They also own stuff pretty much around the world in every major vacation destination and every major gambling destination, including other countries like Macau and whatever. So like Atlantic City, like they're all over the place. Now, how these got handled, and there is a reason I'm giving you this backstory, but how they were handled was very different. Caesars decided to just pay whatever the amount was, and it was undisclosed, but I'm assuming they didn't ask for less than like $10 million. So they paid it, and they're still functioning. MGM, by the time you listen to this, will be, I believe, getting close to two weeks of dealing with this, and they chose to not pay. And they and are struggling. Yeah, because, I mean, everybody that goes is posting, you know, social media of slot machines turned off and power outages. And it's a nightmare. And you know that everybody that goes through this, they are never staying in an MGM hotel again. Dude, some, it, of the, some of them, they can't even put them in hotel rooms because they're right? all electronic on the locks. Yeah. And I'm and, you know, I'm obviously not <laughs> condoning hacking or negotiating with the terrorists, as it were. But Caesars, when they when they were and I believe Caesars cut a 15 million dollar check because, you know, somebody had crunched a number like this is how much we lose if our stuff isn't turned on this week. So, dude, think they, about they, they went that way. 
even if you had to pay the the hackers $15 million, think about how much money MGM has lost in this amount of time. Like you're talking about slot machines, ATM machines. They say hotel rooms. Yeah, extra employee hours. Because everybody's saying like just to even get into some of their hotels is like an hour plus wait. You're going to have to comp some people to ever get them to oh, stay yeah. at your hotel again. It's, it's Oh, and you're happen. not getting any money from your high rollers right now. Mm-mm. Like, so that's, that's just not even. They're going to go to somewhere else because yeah. part of being the high roller is you got to go to the place where you can be treated like a king and be spoiled. Mm-hmm. And that comes with a lot of those extra amenities, right? And they know. You know they, they know who to go to. They know who's going to comp you and who's going to try to they, – they know how to play the game. Dude, I've met somebody who really gets down in Vegas and like they literally sent a ride for him, like a helicopter to get him, took him to the private airport and flew him in. So like when you got money like that, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes on. Oh, that they sent you a helicopter for MagicCon? Ain't no way. Like, Mm -hmm. dude, true story. I'm hanging out at one of the Vegas casinos. This is this is probably about 10 years ago. I'm hanging out and one of the dudes I knew just in person, like we just happened to run into each other. I'm like, Hey man, how's it going? Right. So we're talking for maybe three, four minutes. And this dude comes over one of the, I, I don't know if he was, cause I didn't see him on the floor initially. So he might've come from the back or whatever, but he comes up to my friend and his last name's Tam. And he's like, Oh, Mr. Tam, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, didn't realize you were here. Like, is, is this, this friend traveling with you or whatever? Like, is there anything we can get for you? And he was like, I don't know, man. We're probably just going to go out and eat later. He's like, well, hold on. Where do you want to go? And blah, blah, Like, we can call in a reservation. And, we're, and I'm, when that dude walks off, I'm like, dog, you gambled too much. Like, that dude was scared. He didn't know you were here. <laughs> like, I was lucky to sit down table. And they're like, you know, we'll give you a buffet voucher. <laughs> like, we were not getting treated the same, let me tell you. Yeah, I had... <laughs> I, 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 not personally, but yeah, there was somebody in my family that was, that was getting, the, that's how we realized they had a gambling problem. Cause they had, they are getting, Hey, we'll cop your room. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, if they're just getting a free room cause you hadn't been there a while. Like, yeah, they've, they've lost a little too much. Yeah. For me, if I asked for a counter, like, let me run your player's card real quick. Right. For him, <laughs> they like, up going, what can I get for you? <laughs> like, they know him on, by name and on site. Yep. But but I bring this up because with Vegas happening this weekend, there are people struggling trying to make last minute reservations and stuff. And the prices on some places have gone up a little bit. I looked over the last week or two, and I'm assuming this is largely because you have eight properties from MGM that are having some level of issues, depending on which property it is. Just something to be aware of. You know, this is another man. When when I was when we had the debate about like why have it in Vegas as opposed to someplace else. This probably wouldn't have happened if it had been in, say, I don't know, Milwaukee, Secaucus. <laughs> you know, it just, yeah, I mean. I've never seen a, a, a well, knock on wood, never seen, a, say, a Magic Enter <laughs> or like, you know, one of those typical Magic Tournament venues. Because there wouldn't be enough money in hacking all the hotels in, say, you know, Secaucus. <laughs> yeah, now, that being said, if you just wanted to stay in a hotel in Vegas, there are still available, but you're going to have to go to Fremont street. You're going to go across yeah. town, you know, now there are still some on the actual strip, but you got to look around. You may not get the same ones you wanted, or you might have trouble even calling in to get one taken care of right now. 
So that's a thing. So if you're listening to this, you're making last minute reservations, or maybe you found out you can get there on the weekend for whatever reason, you're going to drive in and stay for the weekend. Be aware, you probably want to look for a non-MGM property to make your life easy right now, because it's it's a little bit of a mess, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, never seen anything like this, man. Like, this is crazy. And just randomly, I found out they didn't even just hit those two big companies. They hit three other companies as well. Obviously not as big as those two, because those are yeah. Goliaths. But yeah, crazy. And, you know, just like our case and some magic nerds, it can affect everything. So it's a tough yeah. one. But let's talk about another site that some people may or may not know about. Now, there's another video hosting site out there called Rumble. Some of you probably know what this is. Some of you probably don't. For those of you that don't, Rumble is uh, think like YouTube, effectively. Largely the same. People can post videos. There can be ads on the videos. Creators can get paid. That whole thing. You can live stream on there. The difference being, though, is Rumble kind of is one of those sites that started because we want to have a site where they're not infringing as much on your free speech and whatever. And usually where we, we can where we can holler all the racial and sexual slurs that we want all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like you kind of know when people say that the type of content you're going to get, right? Yeah, because when people complain about their free speech rights being in free, it's usually something along. It's never like, hey, you know what? I've been saying the EPA should have more stringent, more stringent requirements for air quality. That's never what it is. Or that, or, or that you know, hey, there should be, uh, you know, that the, the, there should be better opportunities and higher minimum wage. That's it's that's. Oh, it's not even not. low level questionable stuff. Like we should raise more money for PETA. Like. Yeah, Not it's different something like that. It's, <laughs> it's I want to be able to say, you know, that Joe Biden kidnaps kids. It's like, I want to be able to say that freely. <laughs> oh, really dude, good. There's, there's all kinds of stuff on there, right? And and I will say this, though. The reason I bring it up is I decided, you know what? I'm going to see what kind of response I get on this platform and in this environment. So I started a process they have where you can effectively link your YouTube channel to your Rumble channel. And basically, whenever you post something on YouTube, once it's all aligned, sometimes it can take, they'll tell you anywhere from days to weeks. Their system is not efficient. But once it's all connected, usually within 24 hours or so of your stuff going up on YouTube, it should show up on Rumble, which is pretty nice, right? You put it up on one, you don't have to worry about it, it just shows up on the other. Uh, you don't have to hand over any crazy rights or anything if you don't want to, so you can just delete your whole Rumble channel, whatever. But my thought is I wanted to see how people respond to me on there and just kind of see if it makes a difference as that site becomes something else. Because while it does have all this other stuff, there are people kind of dabbling and trying stuff in gaming and doing some live streams and seeing if they could change stuff over there a little bit. You're getting, because it's football season, you're getting a lot of people in there doing stuff on betting odds, showing stuff on their yeah. favorite team, covering the games from the weekend. So like that's on there. You know, you do social media content when they start a new thing. You got to at least kick the tires on yeah, it because you yeah. really don't know where, you know, who, you just don't know kind of where the next big social media thing is coming from. And it is like a lot of sites, like political stuff, humor stuff, animals, whatever, pretty much dominate there entirely because you don't have a lot of people yet doing like, I don't know, clothing vlogs and, and family channels, right? There's not a lot of that on there yet. So it's still largely in its infancy. Now, I say that a lot of people are like, this is going to be the site that takes YouTube down or whatever. Like, 
bro, let me tell you, they're not even <laughs> close yet. Like, could they one day? Maybe sure. Never say never. But they are not even close. When you're talking about as far as viewers, creators, general reach, ad revenue, hell, just presentation, there's way more crappy thumbnails on there than you see on YouTube these days. Like, there's, it's got a lot of issues still. Like, I'm not saying it's bad. The platform itself functions fine. But as far as its production and output and usefulness, like, it's still in its infancy. And it's probably still 80-20 with the 80 being, I want to say super conservative content, but, like, we'll call it far-right content. Because it's not even people talking about conservative stuff. There's a bunch of weird random conspiracy videos and other stuff up there. But I'm wondering if this connection they have for YouTube is starting to get more people to at least try it and slowly change what is being presented on Rumble. So I'd kind of be curious, and which is why I wanted to kind of get involved and have my boots on the ground sort of thing. Because I'm wondering if in a year, as people become more familiar with this feature, do you see more regular stuff like you're seeing on YouTube just also somewhere else? and starting to drown out some of the other content. Because for those of you that know anything about YouTube culture or been around the internet, Lo-Fi Girl is probably the best-known Lo-Fi channel on YouTube. I think she has, like, 24-hour streams for the last, I don't know, what feels like since the beginning of YouTube, probably, like, 16 years or something. But even she's got stuff linked on there now. So it's like, okay, now, if it, now you're starting to see the big personalities starting to do some stuff. It's only a matter of time before other people in those genres start to follow suit. Because then it'll be like, oh, if it's good enough for her, then I should probably be trying it, right? And they're going to see the same thing in other stuff. So, And I'm not saying because I'm doing it for magic, people are going to follow me or whatever. I mean, I may get no views there ever for all I know. Actually, I have like three. So I mean, like, whatever. Like, we'll see if it turns into anything or not. I like, right now, I don't even know anything about how their reach works or their, their, machine learning or algorithmic stuff or any of that processes or recommends anything like that's something I'm going to have to learn. But I bring this side up because you probably, for those of you that haven't heard about it, I'm not saying you need to rush out and use it. I'm just saying, be aware that it exists because either it stays bad being the home of conspiracy theorists and whatever. And you should probably at least be aware of what's out there and where it comes from. If you ever hear about it or see a link or somebody shares something with you, It'll give you a heads up of the type of person you're probably dealing with. Or, like I said, by this time next year, that 80-20 becomes 70-30 or 60-40. And now it starts to look more like a regular site and more people use it. So who knows? But I thought it was at least interesting and worth bringing up. Because a lot of people, I bet, have no idea what Rumble even is. And it's not like it's brand new. I believe they're in their like fifth or sixth year of existence at this point. So I don't know. But there was a new law that came on the books in the UK, and we should probably talk about it. So the UK passed what's being called the Online Safety Act that went into effect on September 20th. And you're probably going to hear some stuff where a lot of people are, I say a lot of people, the the people on the, the the extremist, I guess we'll call it, are trying to make this out to be, oh, now the government can, can track every one of your messages in private or whatever on these platforms and whatever. 
But the idea really is for the social platforms to police themselves. The idea is they want to move to close to a zero tolerance policy on anything to stop people from messaging underage children to threats to just the things that just aren't appropriate that you shouldn't be harassing and and presenting to people, right? But what I don't think people realize is, and maybe it's not that way in the UK, but in the US, because we have the falsely named Patriot Act, they can all see your messages the whole time anyway. Like, this ain't new. Like, hell, I know people that have had some what they thought were private messages shut down on on Facebook because there was some inappropriate stuff that got sent, right? So... This isn't new. Multiple friends that have been in Facebook jail for <laughs> yeah, yeah reasons, and people are like ah, my free speech and whatever. Like yo, like just like when you try to go around harassing creators and whatever, your your free speech stops when it starts affecting other people, right? When you're breaking the laws, yep, always has been that way. When you're being racist, when you're doing whatever, like that's where it stops, right? When you're some of these adults are reaching out to kids. That's where it stops, right? That's that's what this is trying to prevent from happening. Nothing in here should affect anything. Now, if I'm on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, whatever, having a message with a fan, follower, viewer, that should still be fine. There's no reason for that to trigger anything to pop up on somebody's radar for anybody to interject in those discussions. I mean, because here's the reality, right? Most of us are having the most mundane, dumb conversations on the regular anyway, Mm -hmm. right? Facebook or whoever, Twitter, like they're seeing literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of DM messages every day. They don't care about you. Yeah, I was joking with my friend that, hey, whatever NSA agent is listening to our conversation is bored out of his mind. Like, how, how long can two idiots talk about wrestling? You've got no idea, sir. Yeah, exactly. Right. They, they don't care about that. Now, if you're sending, if you're using, I'm assuming, certain keywords, they, it might flag a few things. Yep. You send an image, it might go through an AI check real quick or whatever. But that's just the nature of where we are in this day and age with social media. It's been that way. Now, and like I said, I don't think it's going to affect how we interact with it, really. I don't think it's going to affect anything. To be honest, this Online Safety Act feels like a slightly less intrusive version of the Patriot Act. So, man, y'all are going to be fine in the UK. (laughs) Like, ours is worse, and we still survived it. And realistically, the worst part about it is, I don't even know if I've seen more than just a handful of cases where they specifically said because of the Patriot Act, we were able to X, Y, Z. Like, it's mostly just this person was being aided online. We caught them and we arrested them, you know, so. But I'm fine having rules on the books like that. I don't think because and the reason it even got on my radars, I saw somebody mention it says, well, how does this affect you interacting with people? It's like it, it doesn't. Yeah, if you're not plotting a terrorist attack or, you know, trying to traffic kids, you should be okay. Yeah, like, it literally changes nothing. Like, I mean, if you're one of the people that wants to do some sexy adult images of Liliana or something, keep on keeping on, I guess. Just don't send it to a kid. Like, I don't, like, I mean, what do you think's going to happen? 
Like, I don't know. It's weird. I It's like people seem to get worried about things like that when I'm like, man, there are way better things for us to be worrying about right now. There are things that literally affect things in your life way more that you're just ignoring. But this thing got sensationalized, so now you want to talk about it. Like, yeah, it, this should be fine. I don't think it's going to affect much. Like I said, it feels like a lesser version of the Patriot Act at this point. And if we've lived through that and learned how to navigate it, and believe me, I know some people that still send some filthy things back and forth, even as jokes and whatever in some of the chats I've been in, and nobody's been arrested because it's all adults. But you'll be fine. <laughs> like Nothing's going to come of this. But I thought it was at least worth mentioning because it is a big piece of legislation that affects the internet. But since we're talking about conventions so much in this episode, we have an interesting question, Brian, and I'll, I'll let you start here. When you decide to go to a convention, show, whatever, what is it you most look forward to? I guess it's really like case by case basis. Back when I was playing Raw Deal and there were big Raw Deal tournaments, that would be the thing that we would look forward to because we would spend, you know, a couple of easily a couple of weeks to a month getting ready for that. And really, because it was, since it was so much of a smaller game, I mean, you had some idea what you were going to go against, but then you might also run into, you know, random person who plays this person, plays this person because it's their favorite wrestler and it's not a meta thing. Or, you know, if it's a big, Comic convention, one of my favorite creators is there. Hey, I want to know what's happening with the X-Men over the next 12 issues. Are the next 12 issues coming out on time? <laughs> you know, things like that. Shoot, as long as Joss Whedon ain't writing it. Man, he did that stretch of, what, Astonishing X-Men, I think it was? Yeah, I don't think he gets to write anything Bruh, anymore. I think He's... he only did 10 issues, and it took, like, two years for those to come out or something. Like... It was the worst schedule possible. And it had a terrible ending to his story arc, too. Now he's I I, I want to say he doesn't get to work ever again, but you just never know. He, he may just have Probably to wait exactly. 10 or, or 12 years. But He'll come up with something, and some of these networks will be strong. Hell, who knows? Because we'll finish the writer strike and nobody's going to have anything done, he might go, well, hey, I have a whole script for five episodes for this thing. Y'all should try. like, And somebody will give him a look. But for me, what I realized is I have this thing where I like seeing people display their expertise at things. I think it's why I've said before on the show, like if, if the Ocho existed, I would watch that channel just to watch people do absurd, stupid human tricks effectively. And I think that's led me to being the person like I like the exhibit hall stuff the most. Like I like seeing cool wares, artwork you know, costume stuff people are building, custom dice. Like, I just want to see all the weird new things, things I didn't even know existed that all of a sudden I now need because it exists, you know, that type of stuff. But I but I realized I caught myself doing that even at the fairs, right? I, I'll grab some food, but otherwise I'm mostly wanting to see what's all in the exhibits and stuff. I don't even remember the last time, I was telling somebody this just this past week, I don't even remember the last time I rode a ride at a fair. I've never been a big, huge ride. The, the 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 taller and the scarier it is, the less I like it. Yeah, I don't, and I don't even know partially why. Really, I mean, I guess I don't really experience adrenaline rushes the same way, so it's just not as exciting for me. 
but we're black. Real life's exciting enough. That, that's <laughs> probably part of it, true. I just look at that. I don't get it, but yeah. But yeah, I realize. I think I like the exhibit. Even when I went to PAX, one of the first things was I'll be like, oh, I wonder where all the exhibitors are set up, right? And that was one of the first things I started asking about. It's like, yeah, seeing all the booths is cool, and you know, the championship tournaments going on are neat. But like, let me walk through and just see what kind of cool playmats or steampunk stuff or whatever it is that people have available. And you just see the cool, coolest, most interesting, just different crafts that people have. And I get kind of excited about that stuff. So, yeah, for me, it's definitely the exhibits. And I don't even know if it's always about me buying something. Because I would say, like, probably 50-50 on times I actually buy something and times I just go, ah, oh, there's a lot of cool stuff, but nothing that I really wanted. But then, you know, even at the fair, a couple of years back, there was somebody who had, like, he, they just made a variety of caramel sauces. Some had, like, cinnamon. Some had some spice. Some had like bourbon you know whatever and it's like oh cool and sampled them and brought some home and i cooked with them for a while so sometimes you just find cool ideas too but yeah for me definitely the exhibits and that's by far like i it's weird i would probably buy a ticket to spend two to three hours just looking at exhibitors <laughs> and not even do any of the panels or anything else and, I, and I'm the complete opposite. I would pay pay whatever the fee is probably just to go to panels. I'm and it's set up to where it's, I think it's pretty much impossible to attend them all. And I mean, there will be three going on at the same time. Like, ah, oh, I want to hear all these people talk. But yeah, you know, I'll I'll usually go to a couple of panels if they fit my schedule. But I don't know if I. Well, that's not true. I was gonna say if I make time to go to panels, but I've done it a couple of times, just depending on what's on the schedule. Especially for something like San Diego Comic Con, where okay, things are going to be revealed. Like, man, had, had I been there for when they announced that Disney was doing X Men '97, like, oh man, oh dude, they, I'll tell they you, had to drag me out of that room. I, I definitely will not be a person to do all the big like Marvel movie ones or whatever, where it's practically standing room only and whatever. Like, I'm not interested. I don't want to know anything that bad. And to be honest, like. I, I went to a Neil Gaiman thing. Man, when was this? This was in like 2015, I believe. And people, and I felt bad because I'm like a casual Neil Gaiman fan, right? Like I've read some like Sandman stuff. I've read some of his like Incredible Hulk stuff and whatever, you know. But like, I'm not like a super fan. But I'm in a room and in, you know, tons of super fans, obviously. You know, they've got like their Sandman shirts on and all that. And they would ask the most, I hate to say it this way, but they, they were like basic dumb questions. And it got to the point where what Neil Gaiman decided to do is he, he had everybody that he took time and you could fill out a question on this little strip of paper, right? And he put them in a hat and he was going to draw and decide what to answer. And he literally had a stretch where he looked and just like tossed it, pulled out one, tossed it, pulled out one, tossed it. And went, Oh, here's an interesting one. <laughs> and I'm like, this has happened to him so many times. He didn't want to just waste everyone's time answering the basic questions. So he came up with a whole new system so he could just ignore the basic questions people are asking. And I'm like, man, good on him. Because <laughs> that annoys me too. I'm like, this is the one time you get to ask your idol, whatever, a thing. And you're like, I don't know, why did you decide to make somebody's hair black instead of blonde or whatever? And it's like, you could ask the most in-depth question 
If that's something they know how to do. Journalism is not easy. We just make it look that way. Oh, I know. I, I just, I don't know. I just think about all the stuff that I've enjoyed reading or watching. And I feel like I could come up with like 10 serious questions about a thing that didn't get answered. That person, you, yeah, you create content. You That's host true. a podcast. That's this true. person, this person may have never spoken to another human being in a public setting before. But man, like, and that's why even online, once we get to the Q and a question of session of stuff, I just quit watching a lot of those videos. Cause like, I, unless somebody shares like a fun clip of a question or whatever, I'm just like, yeah, I know where this goes. It's going to be like 15 minutes of stuff that these poor people are going to have to sit through. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the more intimate panels. Like if I go in and there's, you know, a hundred people or whatever, like that's cool. I can sit through those. And I feel like those end up being better interactions as well too, even, even for the speakers. But yeah, there you go. Like just different reasons people want to go to shows. So I'm, I don't know if that answered people's questions or not, but I had some people reach out about that. Go to everybody where they can find you on social media, Brian. I am Brian Sonic on uh, Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter <laughs> and YouTube. Yep, same over here. You can find me everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And if you catch us in time, come find me in Vegas. Otherwise, we will catch you next week, wherever you are listening, whenever you're listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. Remember to be awesome, and most importantly, remember to be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 